Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the unofficial, yet somewhat official, podcast of the Memphis Express. The unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Expressing Goal. What up, Fly Crew? This is your captain speaking. My name is Michelle, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you feeling about how this past week went? I am feeling really good. What? Because I finally got my Zoom recorder back. Oh, okay. So it has nothing to do with the team itself. No, there's not a whole lot to say about the team itself. Okay, but you're happy about your recorder. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, that's been our show. Um, we got all the highlights of the week, so that's all we need to do. Okay, he's just kidding. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, we had to bear through this, but there is some positive. There is some some bright side. See, I don't... Uh, what? What could possibly... Where? Okay. <laughs> well, hit us with the news first. That's the way this show goes. Honestly, I don't know if there's even news this week. All right, so let's Not just... Not a whole lot going on. Get to the recaps. Let's break it down, shall we? Let's do it. I feel like this is going to be a short and sad episode. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're keeping the energy up. We're being optimistic. We are... Bringing the bad news, but in a exciting way. Okay, while you look for the stuff you're trying to pull up, how did you survive the Instagram and Facebook crash of 2019? I can tell you I did not do well. Honestly, I barely even noticed. Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, you're on Twitter all the time. Yeah, Twitter is my main hub of information. And I don't know, that's where I spend most of my time when it comes to social media. It's just like I got on Instagram, like I realized things weren't working right. And so I just ignored it all day. It was that easy for you? It's literally that easy. Okay, no, I'll tell you what happened to me. So I was in line at Joanne. I was buying some craft supplies for work, obviously. Obviously. And it wasn't going through. My story posted. It was like, it kept giving me the red box saying, like, this didn't post. And I was like, well, I'm in a different part of town that I'm, like, rarely ever in. Maybe it's a service issue. Maybe that's a problem. And I was trying all throughout the day to, like, keep story and, like, Okay. Okay. It's more than just this part of town. Like maybe it's our cell service in general. Maybe it's like a Verizon thing. And then I finally hopped on over to Twitter where it was like a, a trending hashtag. And I was like, oh, okay. It did suck though. I bet it did. I mean, because who am I going to ask whether or not I should add a glitter top coat? Oh my God. I've got to put a poll out there and my followers have got to tell me. I can't possibly make a decision this big on my own. All right. Can we get back into the back into the AAF, please? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So the first game of the week, the Apollos at Birmingham. And it went exactly as I expected. The Apollos demolished them 31 to 14. Of course they did. Because how are they going to not? It's the friggin' Apollos. And it's the Iron who are overrated. Honestly, I think going three and O was like the worst possible thing that could have happened to the Iron. Because they got too big for their britches. Uh, Jesus. Is that? <laughs> I think it's a phrase. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, because they were overrated. They you, Obviously, the Express started off very weak. Uh-huh. Okay. They had a really good run of their defense compensating for their offense against a fairly weak schedule. And when you're going 3-0, and it's really hard to make any changes, despite the fact that their quarterback isn't he's good he's very accurate but he's just under like a game manager he's not going to make those big plays and then your running back can barely get more than two yards on a play 
he's great in the red zone because he can get those couple yards. But as far as being a premier back, he's not there. And when you go three and oh, it's really hard to make those changes. And so losing in week four and then starting week five so poorly against the Apollos. Yeah. Didn't they have to bench their quarterback? Yeah. After his first, he threw a pick six and then that was it. It was just like the one play, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they were looking for a reason to bench him. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. And like I was saying, like, it's really hard to make those changes when it you're doing well. Yeah. But once things go sour. I see what you're saying. Optics. Gotcha. So then the next game was a hell of a game. It was the Salt Lake Stallions versus the San Diego Fleet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this game was so exciting. We watched the second half. Didn't catch the first half. Can't remember why. But I'm so glad we tuned in for the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, the first half wasn't great. And when you have so many interceptions, like it's hard to say that it was a good game. Okay, you've made that point before. (laughs) But it was an exciting game. It might not have been a technically good game, but it was exciting to watch because of the high intensity back and forth of the scores and the possessions. And then especially coming down to the last minute. Oh my gosh. With a game winning field goal. Yeah. And it was exciting to see like the end zone and the whole stadium be like really hype and it was just so, so much fun. I wanted to be there. Yeah. Like we've said before, the fleet is our second favorite team. So just to imagine being there and seeing them win like that would be just so cool. And if you were watching the game, you probably saw after one of the uh, pick sixes, the the team ran over to F-19. If you don't know, that's the shipyard. And we got to see Van Awesome on TV with his badass banner hanging over the edge, trying to give out a Chris five. Yeah. That was to, who was it? Cam Kelly. Yeah, right. I was just thinking, is that right? Because the so. Van Awesome says it wrong on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm not sure we got it right. Yeah. And that actually inspired me to do a little something for the hub. Share? Oh, no, I'm not going to spoil it. If you want to see it, come to the game on the 24th when we take on the Birmingham Iron at home. And especially join us in the hub and you'll be able to see it there. Hashtag join us in the hub. If you sit in the section across the stadium from us, I think that's the... The family section. Okay, so there's... Affordable tickets over there. Proceeds are going to tornado relief efforts in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And you can also see this badass thing that Dan won't tell us. Boom. All right. Next game that we're going to cover is the Commanders and the Hot Shots. Now, this was a very interesting game. Was it? Why? Because the score doesn't tell you just how one side of the game was. Well, okay. So the final score was 29 to 25. Okay. But going into the half, it was 26 nothing. Wow. Yeah. Commanders? Yeah. Well, does that not show you that the Hotshots have fight in them and they can make a comeback? Obviously, they didn't win, but... Well, there's two sides of it. Going into the half at 26 nothing, your game plan completely changes on both sides of the ball. It should. So now the Commanders, they're not so concerned with scoring anymore as more just trying to run down the clock and get the game over as fast as they can. Yeah. Whereas the hot shots are going super aggressive trying to make that comeback. So there is going to be a disparity between the two halves to where the commanders are going to let a lot more happen for the hot shots. But as long as they keep a comfortable lead, then that's part of their game plan. So do you think it was a mercy thing or do you think that the hot shots actually had some tenacity and were able to take advantage of the game plan of the commanders? I don't think that the commanders would want (laughs) them to score 25 points in a single half. But I think it was, and even like during halftime, we had a video of 
the hotshots coach, like talking to the team, saying like, "Hey, it's not over yet. It doesn't matter what happened in the first half. Like, this is the time." And so I think it was a little bit of the hotshots still having that fight in them and taking advantage, like you said, of the commanders trying to end the game. Gotcha. Cool. Way to go, hotshots. I mean, obviously they lost, but I mean that's twenty-five points and a half. That's impressive. Yeah, I think so. So before we get into the Express Game recap, I do want to take a moment to shout out our producers. All right. Who we got this week? Brian Winsloff, Dakota Muller, Joe Van Awesome, Matt Shekels, Rodrigo Villa Gomez, and Zachary Garten. Thanks, dudes. And if you would also like to be an executive producer, go to MemphisAAF.com forward slash Patreon. Absolutely. And if you're looking for another way to support the show, go check out our merch. Got some hoodies and some shirts and leggings. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to need some, like, I might need a t-shirt now because I wore a hoodie and a beanie to the last game, but hopefully the next one won't be so cold. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go give me a t-shirt. Okay. All we'll right. do that. Do they have baseball hats? No, but uh, do you guys want hats? Like, is that something we should do? I want one. Okay. But I'll- I'm only one person. So why don't we put out a poll on, what, Twitter? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So there will be a poll on Twitter as of? By the time this episode releases, it'll be up. So go check out that poll and let us know if you would like a hat. Even if it's a no, please go find the poll and let us know that it's a no. Mm-hmm. Because I talked to the guy who made the the patron shirts, who um, it, it's something he can do. So I can just like work with him and get these hats made. Sweet. Speaking of, the shirts for the Patreons will go out this week. Awesome. One way or another, we're making it happen. Okay. All right. So shall we get into it? Oh. I guess so. Okay, so let's get this started. It's not going to be fun because that game was a freaking bummer. There were some highlights. It came down to like the very end of the game. Like we were never out of it. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't like we were getting stomped on. Yeah, the final score was 2023 Legends. And usually when we prepare for these episodes, Dan definitely watches the the game twice. And sometimes I try to. But this week, Dan was like, do you want to watch the replay with me? And I was like, no, not absolutely not. No, because like. Going into this, like I said, someone's going to have to lose. And we were expecting, thinking, hoping that we that we were the better team and we just we lost. So it's just crappy. Like I went in knowing that it was not going to be an easy game. The Legends finally made a QB change and like there was momentum with the team. Yeah, that's true. So I knew they weren't they're not as bad as the record indicated. And Murray was actually a huge difference in the Legends. He was able to just like make connections and passes that I don't think the previous quarterback was able to make, obviously. Yeah. And our defense definitely helped him out in that regard, too. Yeah. What the hell? Our defense just didn't show up this week. The defense wasn't all bad, but it definitely wasn't what we've come to expect. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Sam Montgomery, who is one of our better defensive ends is on IR mm-hmm. and Anthony Johnson was inactive for the game, who is one of our best defensive ends. Right. So with both of those two guys out, it really came down to Corey Vereen, who is our only like solid defensive end mm-hmm. who is really good. He's our best guy. But when it comes to rotation, like it's just not there. So the pass rush wasn't as good and we stopped them repeatedly on first and second down mm-hmm. and got them into like a third and long situation or we took advantage of the legends committing penalties. But it was those third downs that, tr- I mean, that that is what won them the game. They converted on so many of their third downs. Repeatedly. And it was passing plays. 
Yeah. And it was really, again and again, one play. It was a dig route. So the receiver ran up like 10, 15 yards and then just made you like cut in a 90 degree angle over the middle. Yeah. And for whatever reason, our defense did not adjust to cover that. Yeah. And they kept coming out in a zone defense on okay. these on these same long plays. So to break it down, there's two types of coverage. There's zone and man-to-man. Man-to-man is what it says. You know, you know basketball. Yeah, I've played basketball. Yeah, so you're paired up on one person. That's your person. You stay with them the entire play. With zone, you have an area of the field that you cover. Right. And if a receiver comes into that zone... They're yours. And the benefit of a zone is that it requires a quarterback to hold on the ball a little bit longer because has to wait for his receiver to get in one of these holes between the zones. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if you have a solid pass rush that can take advantage of that extra time and get to the quarterback. We weren't able to do that. So they're able to find the hole again and again and exploit that. Rather than like man to man where it's up to who's ever covering that receiver to make a play. Yeah. And our defense just could not figure that out. And as much as they were converting on third downs, we were not converting on third downs. No, because when we got to third and long, they brought pressure. Yeah. And for whatever reason, our offense did not adjust to pick up the pressure. Right. You were talking about the hot shots and commanders game and how both teams adjusted. And I was like, man, I wish we would have done that Mm -hmm. because it seemed like the exact same thing throughout the whole thing. Three and out, three and out, three and out. I mean, it was just so frustrating. Do you think that part of the defense... Defense's lack of performance could have been the fact that they were playing so much because it seemed like a really uneven possession time. So we've talked about that a lot before and how much the defense has to play because the offense just isn't getting anything done. And overall, that hasn't really been reality. It's been pretty even. Except for this game. Which was heavily in favor of Atlanta. They had 38 minutes of possession to our 21. Yeah. So, yeah, the defense was out there way too long. And then when you pair that up to... Our lack of pass rush is definitely a recipe for disaster, as we saw. And this week, I think, also really highlighted the fact that no matter who the quarterback is, even Met and Bacon Cheeseburger, it's not going to solve all of our problems. Yeah, he has no time to throw the ball. You know, I will say this, because there are a very small number of people, but they're out there nonetheless, that are clamoring for Hackenberg back. Just looking at the numbers, Hackenberg was zero touchdowns with three interceptions, Leaving this game, Mettenberger's three to one. He is the most accurate quarterback in AAF history. Wow. He has a- <laughs> AAF history. Yeah. <laughs> All five games so far. Yeah. What's really disappointing is we've been lifelong season ticket holders and we've never had a season this bad from oh the Express. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And not only is he skilled better, but he also has more calm and he doesn't freak the freak out like Hackenberg did. Yeah, he definitely has like a much better demeanor about him. Right. And whenever you get angry and heated like that, it's going to cause you to make more mistakes. And I feel like Matt and Bacon Cheeseburger just didn't really have that. Yeah. Overall, he played a really good game accounting for drops from his receivers and passes he just had to throw away. And just a lack of opportunity. He only had 17 passes the entire game. Right. Compared to Aaron Murray, who had 43. So they better not bring back Hackenberg is what we're saying. Yeah. And just going back to him being the most accurate, PFF put out the rankings and the adjusted completion. So like not including receiver drops and like passes where he just throws it away. Yeah. So like essentially based on his performance, his completion rate is 84%. Wow. Which is insane. So definitely sticking with Mettenberger. There's no reason to switch it up, but we have to give him better protection because even as good as he is without 
pass protection, we can't win. So this was the worst pass blocking offense we've seen the entire season. Cool, cool, cool. Our tackles were getting beat left and right. So if you're expecting him just to drop back and pass, like you have to give him better protection or call plays that take advantage of the pressure. Yeah. And we saw success there with the screenplays. If you remember, Sherman Beatty had that massive. Oh my gosh, that was so good. And then yes. to see the other players in front of him, like blocking effectively, mm-hmm. that is how he was able to get so many yards in that run. That was amazing. I was, I, I loved it. That was really like when the crowd, well, the crowd, the yeah. people at the watch party <laughs> lost their minds. Yeah, we're all saying up and cheering. Yeah. But that's just it. So you let the pass rush through. They're thinking they're going to get a sack. And then Benberger tosses off short to the receiver. They don't have the linebackers in place to take that out. So he's able to get a massive run. Yeah. And against the fleet, you know, one of the reasons they have so much success is the draw play. So that's a little bit of a delay. So you make it look like it's a pass play, but then you hand it off to the running back. So the defense kind of drops back and gets, you know, weights and you're able to take advantage of the holes. I didn't see any of that in this game. Which was a shame because that's a really good way to take advantage of an aggressive defense. It seems like defenses across the board have they've caught on to the fact that we are now just running up the middle a lot, a lot, a lot. Do you think that's still effective to you sometimes? Not at all. I mean, I feel like they should just quit, like try other running plays. You never want to eliminate anything in football. But it seems like it's not working. Because if you do too much, then it's easy for the defense to adjust to it. As they have. But if you mix it up, so have the same formation, have the same personnel as like a run up the middle, but then run it to the outside and just take advantage of just mix it up is what we really need. And you're not seeing that? No. You're, you know this better than I do, like formations and stuff, which is why I'm asking you. I'm not seeing any changes, but I don't know like if, if they're what the formations are and everything like you, but. Maybe they are because without. All 22 footage, it's really hard to see what these offenses are doing. Like, I'm not trained to do that. But I'm just not seeing a whole lot of changing and a whole lot of adjustments. How do you feel about play calling overall this week versus week one? Oh, world's away. It's so so much better. Indescribable. Even though we just talked about how they need to change it up? Yeah, absolutely. Because we still saw big plays. We still saw deep passes. Reese Horn had two big plays thrown to him. One was a big gain over the middle, and he actually hurdled the guy to get even more yardage, which is amazing to see. Yeah. We were waiting for him to do the lion roar, but that we didn't see that, <laughs> so maybe next week. And then the other play was deep down the right side, which was called for pass interference. Yeah. So even though he didn't get the catch, we still got the yardage. Right, which was awesome. Yeah. Again, I was like, spot of the foul, spot of the foul, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we're seeing a lot more production from the offense than we did in week one. Gotcha. So even though we didn't win, we still scored 20 more points than we did in week one. Gotcha. So I want to talk about a little more about the defense. Tackling continues to be an issue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hate to sound like a broken record, but like it needs to change. I don't know how you train to fix that. I don't know what conditioning you have to do. I don't know what practicing practicing you have to do. Whatever it is, figure it out and do it. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's lost us games. So if you're watching the game and you see the missed tackle, like what you really need to look for is what the defender is doing. And I'll be posting clips from this on social media throughout this week. I've seen I posted a couple. 
But one of them was a cornerback. It was a pass behind the line, and he could have had a pass for no gain or even lose yards had he been more disciplined in his attack. Instead, he dove for the receiver, who easily turned away from it. And then the other one, the safety came up to make a play, but he came full speed, so all the guy had to do, and it looked like he just completely whipped on it and completely just ran beside the receiver. Yeah, it did. But if you look closely, like the, I think it was a running back, he does a little shift to the side. And just steps out of the way. And because he's coming so hard, he can't adjust to it any more than like putting an arm out and just touching the guy. So what they need to do is just stop and square up and not go for the big hit, but just go for the secure tackle. So they need to like pull up and just get in their way and just kind of like react to what they're doing rather than just trying to go all in on it. Yeah. And we're just not seeing that. We're, we are seeing a lot of it, but... Way too much. We're missing tackles. Yeah. Which is surprising coming from the fact that Singletary is our head coach. Yeah. But I will highlight Drew Jackson once again, leading the team in tackles this game. He was the defensive player of the week last week, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He deserves it again? I don't know for the league, but he definitely deserved it on this team. Gotcha. He's a guy who's all over the place, getting tackles. Taking names. And even getting tackles for loss. (laughs) (laughs) So big shout out to Drew Jackson. Please keep doing what you're doing. You are rocking it, sir. All right. Anything else for this week? And the suck fest that it was. Uh, no, I think I'm done. All right. So what do we need to see next week? What are your thoughts, predictions? What needs to change? Give me the rundown. So everything bad I just said, mm-hmm. reverse it. Okay. And we win. Perfect. Easy as that. Well, thank you for flying Express and Go podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. For real, though. Looking at their grades, this is going to be an interesting game. For one, the Stallions have the best graded run defense in the league. Oh, great. And we rely on that. Yeah. They also have one of the best pass rushers in the game. Cool, 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 cool. And Carter Schultz. Is Anthony Jackson coming back? We did have a few roster changes. Okay. If you're watching the game, you knew that Beatty got hurt during the game against the Legends. Mm-hmm. He's not been placed on IR. Man. How long will that last? Uh, that's pretty much the end of the season. <laughs> no. IR. I mean, there's no... <laughs> the rules are a bit ambiguous. We don't know exactly what they are, but I think it's five weeks. Oh. So that takes him to the end of the season. Damn it. And we already signed Daryl Vergies, so we have three running backs. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like the team is looking to sign anybody else. Mm-hmm. If they do, they need to call Bubba Jenkins and I was get about his to ass say, in here. Where's Bubba? For real, though. Like, let me highlight one more good thing about this past week is that our running backs were really good as receivers. Mm-hmm. Our four top receivers this past game was Sherman Beatty, Zach Stacy, Reese Horn, and Terrence McGee. Three out of the four running backs. Yeah. So running backs are kind of a big deal. Yeah. And if you want a running back that can run, catch, and pass block, Bubba Jenkins is your guy. We need to, like, let's call Koshay right now. Let's do it. I don't know if he has that authority, but Koshay, I know you're listening. Talk to whoever you need to talk to and get this guy in here. We need him. Okay, moving on. We have waived rights to K1 Ross. Uh-huh. I'm not sure exactly. I don't think that's really a big deal. I'm pretty sure he was already cut, but some, this is, like, officially they've waived their rights to him so he can sign anywhere else, so. To replace Beatty, they brought in a wide receiver, Amir Carlisle, from Notre Dame. From where? Notre Dame. Okay. Sorry, Notre Dame. You said it like 
weird. Kimbo, freak, twisted seal, and sex appealing. Anthony Johnson is now on IR. My heart's breaking, Daniel. My heart yeah. is breaking. And to replace him, they signed defensive end Corey Crawford from Clemson. Okay. Apparently, he's pretty good. He just doesn't have like the motivation. It's like one of the cases he has like all the talent in the world, but doesn't have that drive. So hopefully, Matt and Mike Singletary can light a fire under his ass because we need a pass rusher now. Yeah, for sure. So now, shall we get into our preview for next week, or at least our predictions for the games? All right. So let's get into this week. And to give us his predictions, we have the AAF delivery guy. All right, well, we're back once again with the AAF Delivery Guy. We missed a couple weeks, but we are back at it again. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, I'm still recovering. Um, it's not been the best of weeks or seasons, but I'm I'm here. So, how are you feeling about your picks from the so far this season? So far, overall, it's I haven't been so happy because after the first week. I have been two for two every week. And so I'm hoping for a little redemption this week. <laughs> Let's hear it. What do you got for this week? Well, this week I have Salt Lake over the Memphis Express. I'm sorry, bud, but I I just feel like Salt Lake's going to do it. That's fair. I mean, just with, you know, both teams are one and four and they've been up and down. It's really kind of like, for me, it's like a 50-50 shot uh, yeah. in the winter. Yeah. They both have good games and they both have bad games. Yeah, and it's just like trying to get the pieces to work together. I know, because one week y'all were amazing. And then mm-hmm. the next, with uh, even with Mettenberger and, and your running game, it just still seemed like it just couldn't get together against Atlanta. It's really like the, their pass rush. Like our offensive line could not do anything against them. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like the next one's pretty easy. The hot shots versus Apollos. We got to go with the Apollos. I <laughs> yeah. Mean, Unless somebody beats them, I don't ever see anyone betting against them. No, no. I mean, I feel like they are beatable, but <laughs> it's definitely not going to be the hot shots. We'll say that. Yeah, probably not them. And then we have the Iron and the Fleet. I'm going to go with the Fleet on this one. The Fleet have just been rolling so well. And the Iron, they showed what me and you've talked about about them, about the Iron being overrated. I think they showed that last week. And so I'm picking the Fleet. And I don't think this is going to be much of a contest for them. Yeah, I feel like the Irons defense can't keep it close. And they do have a new quarterback for the Iron. So maybe that's right. going to make something happen. Maybe, but I the fleet have been looking really good. Yeah, and it's just that Mike Mart's offense. Like Once it gets rolling, then they're looking pretty strong. But with Berkovici at the helm, like how how is that going to mm-hmm. work out? Or have they announced the starter? Yeah, um, I know Philip Nelson's out for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. and I, because of that, that's why I picked the Fleet to lose last week against the Stallion. And Berkovici looked like he was more comfortable, um, especially with Mark uh, Mart's offense. Like you said, I think I think he's going to roll just fine. All righty, and then last but not least, your Commander is going against the Legends. I think this is going to be the game of the week. Because I think the Commanders are a lot like Memphis. They can be either hot or not. And I think Atlanta is poised to be a great team. But I think the Commanders are going to take them this one. Yeah, I feel like with Aaron Murray playing quarterback, it's going to be a completely different team. And they have a new offensive coordinator, which obviously has shown vast improvements in their offensive game. And the Commanders... 
they're like either really hot or really cold. And like the fleet got them frustrated and just kind of let, you know, the fleet run all over them. And mm-hmm. if the legends can do the same thing, I'm just not sure the commanders can rally back. However, as we saw last week, they can put on a really good performance, well, at least for half a game. That and I was just about to say that. Yeah, they looked great the first half, but I mean, what was it? The second half they've got three points and yep. almost let the hot shots come back. So yeah. <laughs> you know, and we gotta remember that first half too was due to, you know, four interceptions, which was so unlike um the hot shots. And so I don't see that happening with Atlanta. So I think this is gonna be quite a game for us. For sure. All right, before I let you go, let's dive into last week a little bit. What do you think of, well, first off, the Apollos and the Iron? Well, I thought the Apollos did what they always do. You know, they played a great offensive game, and they just ran right over another team. Um, it's going to be great to keep watching them in the future, and I right now, I just don't know who can beat them. The Iron, I think they got a lot of kinks to work out, and with the new quarterback, I hope they can get those worked out, and we can start seeing them perform like we have. Yeah, I, I said that earlier in the show that going three and zero was probably the worst thing that could have happened because they had such a good defense and a pretty easy schedule to start the season. So a lot of their issues were kind of overshadowed, and it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to make the changes you need to when you're running three and zero. Right. And then we had the Stallions and the Fleet. Oh, what an amazing game that was! And during that game, I actually got to watch it with my family, my brothers and my dad, who's never watched the AAF. And boy, let me tell you, they were sucked in with that game because of the, just that theatrical finale. Now the first three quarters were kind of eh, but man, that ending, I thought the Stallions had it, but man, the fleet never gave up. And that was a great game. So insane. Did you happen to see Van Awesome on the broadcast? I, I didn't get to see that. Oh, Go back and watch it. I can't remember when it was, but it was one of it was Cam Kelly's pick six. And he ran it, you know, back for a touchdown. And he runs over to their section. And you can see Van Awesome like leaning over the railing, uh, giving high fives. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. And then we had the Express and the Legends. I thought that was a really good game. I think the Legends are positioning themselves to be in the playoffs, if they keep playing the way they are with their new offensive coordinator, they look great. Aaron Murray looks just so relaxed back there. And if you get him in field goal range, who is going to kick it in? And <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I, that was also a great finale as well. It was such a close game. Yeah. Like it really came down to that in the last like minute or so, that interception to kind of stifle our drive and, you know, give them the momentum to drive down for a field goal. Yeah. And like it was frustrating because our offense just could not get any kind of rhythm. Yeah, that's true. I was expecting a lot bigger runs from you guys, a lot more, you know, prominent mm-hmm. running game. See, because you had Stacy and is it is it Beatty? Yeah. Is how you pronounce it? I, those two are looking phenomenal. And so I really thought y'all were going to be running just over them. But that just wasn't the case. I, I mean, I think that says a lot about Atlanta's defense as well. Yeah, kind of shockingly good. And like you said, like if they keep playing this way, because I feel like the Iron are on a downward trajectory and the Legends can keep this momentum, they could definitely make it to the playoffs. 
And that just goes to show you, you know, with even with 10 weeks, you think that's short, but it's still anybody's game at anybody point at any point in this league. Yeah. I mean, even with us being one and four, we still have a slim chance, but it's in the realm of possibility of, you know, making the playoffs. So it's like there's definitely a lot of competition throughout the full season. Absolutely. And last but not least, we talked about it a little bit, but your commanders against the hotshots. Man, that was <laughs> as, as unbiased as I can sound. That was one of my favorites to watch because, I mean, right off the bat, it was just we were scoring. I remember my wife would leave the room and she'd have to run back in because we've either intercepted <laughs> the ball or, you know, Logan Woodside was throwing amazingly um, that first half. And so she kept having to run in and out, in and out of the room because I was screaming so much at the TV. Um, and then the second half, we just kind of hit the brakes and Arizona kind of looked like themselves again. And they were poised to make a comeback. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. It was great to see um, the onside conversions. I, I really enjoy when that happens. Yeah. And I feel like there was that one where the Hashat got it and the guy just tried to get extra yards and ended up fumbling, getting stripped. Yeah. Like yeah. That was devastating for them but like such an amazing play yeah that was i could imagine in arizona it was a heartbreaking night yeah for sure and i didn't get to like really like put a lot of attention into it like i had it on in the background and i was just kind of like watching a little bit but what happened in the second half i kind of like guessed that coming out of the half with the 26 point lead that the commanders just kind of went conservative and we're just kind of like trying to run the clock out and kind of end the game quickly rather than going aggressive and scoring. But like, let me know what you think, what happened. I think that that was the case. You know, I cause we even got the ball back the, in the beginning of the second half, but I think we were just playing more conservatively, just making Arizona play against the clock. And then when they came out the second half, they have eliminated the interceptions that, you know, mm-hmm. other than the, the, uh, the conversion that we just talked about. They eliminated all those con- uh, interceptions and they went back to what they do well. And then actually Richard Ross came alive the second half. He was not a factor in the first. So I think it was more of Arizona was playing like Arizona that we've seen all season. And our defense was on the field longer. And, and mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing that poised their comeback. Makes sense. Yeah, well, hopefully the commanders can shore that up and stay strong the entire game. Yeah, I, I do not like this up and down team, but I'm happy we're tied for first for, uh, with the fleet. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can keep this going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And just for our sake, because if the Legends and the Iron lose, then that just makes it easier for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget about the Apollos. Like, we know they're probably going to win at least nine games this season, if not go undefeated. But we can fight for that second spot then <laughs> right absolutely well, well awesome thank you so much for coming on the show again it's been a lot of fun oh thank you so much for having me i appreciate it big thank you to the aaf delivery guy for coming on the show this week please go check out the video that he posted on twitter <laughs> it is really good it's like it's he's just really funny and quippy so go check that out at aaf delivery guy all right so getting into his predictions yeah he chose the apollos over the hot shots and i don't have anything to say about that. I mean, there's just no... Ain't no stopping them now. <laughs> Can't, no, we don't have the rights to that. 
It's really short. It doesn't count. That's not how it works. No one's listening to this anyway. That's not true. Everyone's listening to this. All right, Rob Woodson. Rob Woodson. Uh, he was the the halftime guy who said that nobody was watching or listening oh, to AAS. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Apollo, let's take the hot shots. Next. He has the fleet beating the iron. I, I, I see that. Yeah, I continue to emphasize that the iron's overrated, and I, I think the fleet are going to have a great game against them. I do think, though, that could be an upset. I mean, I don't think that it's quite as, like, stamp-sealed delivered True. As maybe like another game like the Apollos, but I hope the fleet win that one. Yeah, the Iron, you know, they've made a QB change and they have a strong defense and the fleet run game after Jaquan Gardner had that massive game. He hasn't done anything else. And they're playing in San Diego? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely think that the fleet are going to take it. Yeah. Well, I hope. I think that I think it's pretty up in the air. Like you said, it's not as set in stone as, say, the Apollos, but I, I think the fleet have a very good chance of winning. I'm going to go 60-40, the fleet. Okay. All right. Legends and Commanders? If the Commanders play like they did last week, yeah. they got in the bag. I think they do anyway. With Aaron Murray, though, that brings a lot into question because they have a much more skilled quarterback now than they did in the first three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So with that and the, those changes, that's going to bring plays change play calling changes possibly i think that will we can expect some changes from the legends absolutely and considering that they have a really good offensive coordinator now then yeah like you're gonna see better plays and just an overall better offense so i think it's gonna be a close game but i'm gonna call commanders yeah i'm gonna go with commanders but they got frustrated with the fleet and completely crumbled so we could definitely see a big loss like a big upset here well So for both of these games, it's kind of up in the air for me. And that's what it's been all season almost. Yeah. Except with the Apollos, like (laughs) every game is a toss up. Yeah. Before we started recording, I asked Dan, I was like, well, we're definitely the worst in the league. But then again, we beat the fleet and then the fleet lost to, or I was like, if we beat the Stallions, but the Stallions lost to the fleet, but we beat the fleet. It's hard to rank teams one through eight in this league. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to rank two through eight in this league. (laughs) Yeah, the Apollos are by far and above number one. Yeah, but there's just so much variance in this league week to week that it's it's hard to honestly predict what's going to happen. All right, so getting into Express and Stallions. So this is going to be... I think Stallions. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have much faith in my team this week. I just, I'm just bummed out and it's hard to, it sucks rooting for a losing team. I'm just going to keep my expectations really low. But the Stallions are the same uh, record as us, right? Yeah, we're both one and four. Once again, it's really hard to make a prediction because if we play well, this is going to be an easy game to win. If they make adjustments. That's the thing. Just looking at the numbers, looking at the, the stats and the grading and everything, like what is like our biggest strength on our offense? Run game. Yeah. Do you want to be a little more confident? No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's getting stopped. Our whole offense kind of revolves around the run game. Yeah. And the Stallions have the best run defense in the league. Cool. Yeah. We like to run up the middle. That was a point I made earlier. They have a very good (sighs) interior lineman. Maybe a jet sweep. Bring back the jet sweep. They have a very good defensive end. So basically, like, they have the best pass rusher in the league in Carter Schultz. And we have a very, very bad offensive line, especially on the outside. Do you not see any issues with this? I do. Oh, oh, I see the issues. <laughs> we have to get better protection for the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. We, we know that offensive line is going to get pressure constantly. 
So it's going to be a lot of screenplays and a lot of quick passing over the middle because our linebackers are suspect. So like slam passes across the middle, screens like we saw with Beatty last week, like all these are going to be successful against the Stallions. We just have to make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. All right. So you got really deep into it. Who do you think is going to win? Give us your prediction. I'm I'm going to pull for the Express. Well, of course you're pulling for the Express, but do you think they're going to win? Yeah, I think I think yeah. I mean, it's fifty fifty, so there's no real prediction. But I'm going to say the Express. All right. All right, that's all we got for this week. Thank you so much for flying Express and Goal. If you want to stay up to date on everything that we're up to, just follow us on Twitter, Memphis AAF, Instagram, Memphis AAF Pod, Facebook.com slash Expressing Goal. I believe Instagram and Facebook are working now, so you should be getting those updates. I will be posting highlight clips from this past game, highlighting our strengths and weaknesses. So be sure to like, comment, and share all that. Let me know what you think about it. And those will be on YouTube. So the full highlights are on YouTube. You can find that at memphisaaf.com slash YouTube. But the clips and everything I'll be posting on all my social media accounts. If you would like to become a producer and get some sweet free merch, go to memphisaaf.com forward slash Patreon. But that's all we got for this week. And until the next flight. And I'm out. I lost it. Notre Dame. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Notre.